What's going on, guys? Rich Butler here. Thanks for taking the time to hit that download button or press play and check out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. If this is your first time tuning into an episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, first off, welcome. Secondly, Toys and Tech of the Trade shares the tech that creators and entrepreneurs utilize to run their businesses, create their content, and overall just be more productive. The toy aspect, of course, is the stuff that helps them just find a little joy in what they do, whether it's collecting action figures, statues, collectibles, or going broader and collecting cars, uh, radio equipment, guns, musical equipment, whatever the case may be. The definition of toys is a little broad here, and I usually like to say that in quotes just because toys is is a universal name for some of the things we love. All right. Let's get into some housekeeping before we get this show on the road. First and foremost, thank you to everyone that has been downloading and sharing the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. We really, really appreciate it. If you are not aware, we are putting episodes of the show on iTunes. So if you haven't subscribed to RageWorks, uh, not on iTunes, uh, correction, YouTube, we are putting episodes of Toys and Tech of the Trade on YouTube. So by all means, if you haven't subscribed to RageWorks on YouTube and you'll be able to listen to episodes there last but not least if you are downloading the episode from itunes please take a moment to rate the show we'd really appreciate it plus more ratings more reviews definitely make it easier to pitch the show to potential guests we definitely have a solid assortment of guests on the horizon but by all means we always want to have more so definitely any little bit helps and if you take a moment and give us a review whether it's five stars or less it doesn't matter but Any bit of engagement definitely would be appreciated. Last but not least, I know many of you have reached out on social asking about uh, what if I'm going to be doing more gift guides, product reviews, etc. on the podcast. And the answer to that is yes. I had wanted to do a gift guide previously for Valentine's Day, but unfortunately, uh, life got in the way with a newborn. So I was unable to do that. But you will see gift guides for uh, graduation, Father's Day, and possibly Mother's Day as well. Just real quick, 10, 15 minute episodes sharing five to 10 products that, that I think, you know, uh, a mother or a father or a graduate would enjoy. Um, and also product reviews. I know some of you have been looking forward to me doing some audio product reviews and I will be doing those as well. Uh, whether it's, you know, new microphones, headphones, uh, electronic equipment toys action figures there's going to be different kind of reviews for different things because that's what we talk about here but yes that stuff will be on the horizon i just want to make sure that we have ample guests for the foreseeable future before i start doing some of that because i don't want to bombard you guys with a bunch of stuff that you don't want to check out and take away from our guests speaking of guests let's move into that my guest for this episode is Carlos, aka Charlie 5.5, who I was introduced to on Instagram after making a post about the DC Primal Age figures from Funko, which borrow a lot from the He-Man style of action figure, you know, super muscular jacked figures uh, that are done with DC's superheroes and villains. Uh, thus far, the first wave has Batman, Superman, the Joker, Wonder Woman, and a few others. And again, they look right at home amongst old school 80s masters of the universe action figures uh charlie actually commented on one of my posts i checked out his account saw some of the awesome custom work that he's doing using the uh the masters of the universe body style aka the 5.5 style uh figures like kratos space ghost you name it he's he's done some amazing customization pieces and i was just blown away by the stuff that i saw and i wanted to share his work with you guys or if you're an action figure junkie looking to get into customization or just want to learn about somebody else's interesting profession then by all means strap yourselves in grab a cold beverage and enjoy 
the toys and tech of Charlie's trade. All right, we're going deep into toys on this week's episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade as I sit down with Carlos Rojas. Carlos is a action figure customizer uh, on Instagram as Charlie underscore 5.5. Came across his work during a recent uh, spree of posts that we were doing on Rageworks on Instagram and um, really loved the work that he was doing. So I wanted to take this time to sit down and share the toys and tech of his trade. Carlos, how's it going? Oh, everything's good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to sit down and, and chat with us about this amazing, amazing work that you're doing uh, with action figure customization. Um, you know, for those of you that aren't familiar with Carlos's work, he does customization using the He-Man style of action figures, which have seen a resurgence recently, uh, thanks to Funko's Savage World. But you know, give us a little background on what got you into customization and why that particular style of action figure. Well, actually, I, I've always been a collector of action figures. I never, never customized anything. Okay. I, I was searching for a vintage Remco Hercules. I don't know if you remember that line from Remco. I've seen photos of it. Yeah. The warlords and warriors and whatnot. Yep. And, uh, during the search, a figure from Zola World came up, uh, the Hercules figure. And I looked at it and I said, I've never seen this figure before. I don't recall it from the 80s. And I looked up the Zola World page and was amazed that a company nowadays was doing figures in the vintage 80s style. They've been doing it for, for a few years. They're an independent company. And that's pretty much what got me back into 5.5 scale. I've always liked He-Man, but I wasn't collecting heavily. And they released or they showed a picture for one of their upcoming figures. It was um, one of the Craven repaints. He was done in uh, white and blue. And I, I was, you know, fascinated by it. And I had a Craven and I said, man, well, you know, how hard would it be to actually repaint it and try to try to match it? Because it was uh, for a pre-order and it was going to be a f- few months away. And I have a friend who does um, arts and crafts and whatnot. And she said, you know what? Just just do it. There's really no wrong way to do it. So just try it out. And that that's pretty much how it got started. Spiraled out of control pretty much after that. Yeah, I mean, some and- some of your work has been, especially now, like I said, with the resurgence of, you know, the, that particular style of figure. I remember, you know, it's funny you mentioned the Warlord. I remember buying a, a, a version of... Uh, the the DC character Warlord that was done in that same 5.5 He-Man style from a bodega here in New York back when I was a kid. Yeah. And I didn't even, you know, we all had that one family member that used to give us like the toys that weren't the real toys. Exactly. And, exactly. Um, you know, I, I ended up getting it because I was, I forgot which family member I was with. And I was like, Oh, that guy looks really cool. And, you know, it was like four bucks and, you know, I thought I thought it was just like this amazing character. I ended up finding out that it was based on the DC character Warlord, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, years later I found this out. But at the time, he was just amongst all the He-Man figures. It was it was so crazy because that style was they would do anything in that style. They did, I think, a Conan like that too. Yeah, they had the Conan license, which was supposedly first to, went to Mattel when Mattel turned it down because they saw how bloody the movie was. Uh, Remco picked it up. Yep. Yeah, they um, you know, and then it, it, it's funny cuz I see the um the the documentary, you know, the toys that made us and I saw like them talking about He-Man and and all the stuff that went into it and I and I it amuses me because at the time that was that was the top of the line, man. When you were buying He-Man toys in the 80s, it was every character was pretty much the same sculpt with a different head. <laughs> exactly, and it was it was brilliant. I mean, all you had to do was you had the body style. All you had to do was make different head molds and different accessories, and you had a whole new figure. Yep, and then they started getting real crazy <laughs> when they did the boss man. Exactly, yeah. So you know, you you started you started doing some of them, and I and when I checked out your work, I, I one of my favorites was the uh, the space ghost that you did, and um, oh. I was I was just blown away by that, and also the Moon Knight. The Moon Knight was was top notch. What is oh. you, you know? How do you go about? you know, customizing what materials do you use? How to, you know, walk me through or just walk the listeners through a typical customization job that you do for a figure. Well, basically it's, um, you know, kind of like the super seven logo, the there's characters in this body style that nobody's making. So I just wanted to have a character in that body style. So first, uh, I'll think of like what character I want. I've always wanted to make a, a moon knight. 
and um, then the Funko series came along, and their Scarecrow uh, character. I just looked at him, and I was like, "That this guy could, this guy could be easy a Moon Knight." And uh, the, well, the first thing you got to find is like the silhouette. You know what what parts would work for that character. Once once I get that down, you know, I'll take a picture of it. I'll paint it on an app. See what colors um, go right. What emblems? Because you could transfer it. Well, the thing with Funko is when they transfer it to the barbarian style, you have a little bit of a uh, liberties there. You know, you don't have to make it exactly as a comic version. You can make them a little, you know, little grungier, a little more uh, barbarian style. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, to make the figure, sometimes you have to um, remove parts. You know, I'll shave them off with a. You know, something as simple as a pocket knife, you could then you have to sand it down to get the area nice and smooth. Uh, when you're going into painting, there's a, a few steps you want to take there. Uh, you want to cl- oh, obviously clean up the figure. You pass light, um, not too abrasive scrub on it to get that that layer of sheen. Because even if, if you don't see it, all figures have a, a little protective layer to protect the paint. So you want to get that sheen off so the paint will stick good to the to the plastic. You want to use good paints, of course. Um, acrylics, uh, testors are, are really good, but there's a lot of good model paints out there, Citadel and others. And, um, you get your base coat and you go from there pretty much. But the thing to make the character, you have to make, give it something that will resemble, even if you're taking some liberties to make them barbarian style, you have to keep some core elements to it. Like Moon Knight, you have to have the crescent moon on the chest, space ghost. You need that little, Space Ghost silhouette in the middle of his chest. You got to get the colors, uh, right? You know, you can take some liberties, but you have to keep the character where it does resemble, um, you know, the original, the original, uh, character style. Yeah. I mean, when you did the, uh, the, the Wolverine and you use the, uh, the primal age, uh, Batman for it, I said to myself, I'm like, this is, this is some real creativity right here. And, um, yeah. <laughs> for, for, for something like that, like, like using those, those examples, how do you, do you have a particular sculpt you want to use for a particular character? Meaning like now with the Funko primal age, you know, like, Hey, I could pick up some of these mortal Kombat guys. They'll be easy to convert into something else. Or, you know, how do you, how do you source those parts? You know, are you picking stuff off of eBay garage sales? Well, the, well, the, I started customizing with Zola war figures. I, I would find heads that I could, um, retool the next. So I could work on the, on that neck peg. Like uh, loyal subjects, I've done. I've done other uh, figures that you know where the heads are a little bigger to scale, but you can get them on that that peg, which is a little bit uh, chunkier. With a Funko, um, what what I look for mostly is uh, Amazon warehouse deals where people return things. Really? And usually the, the figures uh, run twelve dollars, and when they return them, they they put them up for seven bucks. And if you have a Prime account, it's seven bucks shipped. You know, so. That's a, that's so a, I get, yeah. <laughs> that's a cool way to do that, man. That's a that's a good that's a good tip right there. Oh yeah, I'm always hunting on those warehouse deals because people return them and they're not they're not used. You know, they're still sealed, but the box is obviously all torn up, you know, or whatever. But the figure itself is uh is complete, you know, with it, all its accessories and it hasn't been used. So, and even if it has been opened, it's not an issue because I'm usually just looking for parts, really. Now, do you do you end up selling your customs, or do you end up keeping them, or or is it more just for a uh, from a hobby perspective? Are you doing custom orders? Have you turned it into a business? No, I'm just it's just a hobby, man. But I have received a lot of requests for figures. I did one um, <clears throat> Kratos. I used uh, Mister Freeze head and the Joker body. Nice. And I've gotten lots of requests for that guy and. It's kind of hard to turn people down because some people are, are your pals, you know, and they 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 really insist. But I really just do one and I move on to the next one because I just see it as a hobby. I don't I don't you know do two or three of the same character. I just do one and and I, I fall in love with it and I keep it, you know. But yeah. um, I don't know. Someday maybe I'll I'll do more than one and just have to. It's not even to make money, just to you know give it to someone who who'll appreciate it, you know. Well, it's, it, I ask because, you know, the, the, the customization market has taken up, taken off so much with so many different people doing, uh, different customs. Like I said, what got my attention was you doing it using the, the He-Man body style. And the thing about it is that the, sometimes the, the work is so quality that it forces these companies to look and be like, well, damn, maybe we should do that. I've been seeing it a lot with people that do, um, 
Funko Pop Customs. They'll do a, a custom of a certain character and then Funko release that character, you know, three, six months down the road and they'll be like, oh, you know, which one they'll do like a before and after, like which one was better type of a side by side comparison. People will be like, oh, man, the one you did was better because you did this and this and this. I think that, you know, using those those subtle touches make make, you know, these types of figures stand out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think a lot of, you know, I've gotten a lot of attention. I've gotten, you know, good remarks from people who actually work at Funko. Um, they definitely have a killer design team, you know, the design team there. I think they're just limited by what the higher ups tell them they need, you know, but they could, they, those guys can make anything. Well, anything that requested, <clears throat> you know, looking at, at the figures you, you've worked on, which, which probably has been your favorite that you've done thus far. I mean, you know, obviously I can, I can name at least three or four that I really enjoyed, but which one is it that you, you know, you stand back and it's like your, your signature piece that you look at it. You're like, damn, I did a hell of a job on this. You know, the, it's one of the simpler ones. I did a Captain America using the Batman head Mister. Uh, I did with the um, scorpion arms and Mike Myers body. That one is just cause I've, I've, I'm such a fan of Captain America and I've always wanted them in barbarian style. That one was just, for that purpose, but it was, you know, one of the simpler ones I did, but it's one of my favorites. That yeah. one and probably second up will be the Batman Beyond. Just that was just a simple repaint of the the Batman figure as is, just painting them black, red uh, emblem and uh, silver on the on the belt. That was pretty much it. You you know you do a lot of a lot of great uh, backgrounds with your figures. Is that just something that you have customized, or do you have different backgrounds? for for each of your figures like how does that work because i know i saw a castle grayskull on one and then i saw some other crazy stuff for the other i'm like man he has backgrounds for everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the castle grayskull i i i wanted to buy the classics ones but they're they've gotten kind of yeah <laughs> absurd on price since toys uh the toys that made us uh came out yep so i absolutely. bought a vintage one and repainted it oh that's awesome man yeah and then i bought in like these imaginex sets and I repaint those. I repainted one that's like a Yeti temple that looks more like a Chinese dojo type deal. And then there's another one that's a temple. That one was, I just retouched a few things, gold on the eyes and whatnot. And the uh, the Bat Cave, of course, from Funko, that's one of my favorites right now. I actually got two of those. <clears throat> yeah, I saw I saw it together. I saw that one in Target. I was blown away. I was like, I was like, wow, they're really, they're really going for, they're really going for it with the, with the big, you know, Castle Grayskull style playsets for this stuff, you know, because I saw at a at a Target they had like the figures, the Batcave, and like the old metal lunch boxes. I was like, wow, this is a real crazy trip down memory lane. Yeah, oh, it's definitely it's worth it just on the nostalgia factor. I bought in <clears throat> the Batcave; it's exactly the scale with Castle Grayskull, and it's I mean for the price you can't get it's you're not gonna get a playset like that for that price, and they're even cheaper on Amazon. Yeah, they're, they're I, Amazon is very you know particular with their space warehouse space, so they're they're down to like forty five. Wow, that's right crazy. Yeah, yeah. I um, you, you know, we we were talking before we started recording about you know Toy Fair, and I saw you know Super Seven doing a lot of the filmation He Man stuff, and um, people just going crazy for seeing all that, and you know there was like, and, and I thought of uh, of what you're doing immediately because I saw some of the figures they were like. Oh, we're doing this clear one and we're doing this glow in the dark one. And I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be loads of new material oh, yeah. for, for, for him to yeah, customize. They're, they're milking that, that He-Man mold. Yeah, definitely. They're milking those molds pretty much. I've worked with those as well. I've done, uh, I, of course, with the, with the Super 7 ones. Cause I, the 5.5s, I'm collecting mostly the new stuff. That's really what's gotten my attention. I've done an anti-Eternia He-Man. I've got a faker He-Man. I did a Platino. That's, uh, that top um argentinian top toys variant i did a battle armor he-man using the super seven head i pretty much did a you know a head transplant there to a commemorative one yeah and uh i've done a few others there yeah Yeah, that's a fun line but i don't think they've gotten the on the vintage ones i don't think they figured out that leg joint uh yeah because i've got like 15 of these figures and really i think only one of them the second joint works correctly the others even with heating and whatnot they're they're not working correctly yet. The Shira sculpt throws me off. I'm sorry. The the Shira sculpt throws me off, man. Every time I look at the sculpt for Shira, I'm like, why does she just look like a repainted Tila? <laughs> you know, like every time I look at, it, I'm like, I'm like, I don't it's, know, something about it rubs me the wrong way for that figure. Yeah, it's it's 
definitely a nod to the Tila face. I mean, you look at it and it does look like Tila cosplaying as Shira. Yep. It was, it, it's crazy. And it, you know, I was the, the, like the Orko, they did like a, like a completely all black Orko and then an all white glowing He-Man. And I'm like, I'm like, man, <laughs> yeah. for, for customization, this is great, but just somebody buying it. I don't know if anybody wants to buy like a solid gold man at arms, you know? Yeah, like the solid gold He-Man. You could just take the regular He-Man and spray paint them gold, and voila, there it is. You know, yes. it's nothing too much. And I, I don't know. I'm kind of holding off on the the next waves. I'm preparing uh, Trap Jaw and Merman and and a few others, but the whole line. It's, eh, see what happens. But yeah. I want to see how those leg joints work because so far I'm not I'm not sold yet. Now, when you're when you're doing the the customization and you're you're going through like do the characters like let's say like Trapjaw. You look at a character like Trapjaw and the way that he his his mold is so unique. Is that something that automatically gets on your radar? Like oh man, I could take this Trapjaw and tor- this Trapjaw and turn him into like a Terminator or turn him into something else just because the sculpt is so unique. Mm, usually, I I tend to stay away from the ones that are really emblematic like that because uh they're they're more difficult to work with you're gonna have to send off some parts and, okay you know sculpt some other parts and so I, I like to stay to more basic body styles where because because it gives you more room to work you know if it's something that's that uh specific then it, it might require more work yeah i think i think that with, with regards to that you know when you were talking about that you have to sand it down and remove and get it down to the base coat are you are you doing like a hand sander? Are you using like a Dremel to get that to get that to that consistency? No, I like I like to work uh, with just the hand sanding because you I don't want to take it too far, you know. Gotcha. I like to go slow, you know. I don't want to take it too dark, far down because it's just that uh, that clear coating that they throw on the figures to protect the paint. That's really what you want to get off, so you could you could get your paint on there and then seal it after you're done painting. So what's the average? What's the average completion time for you? What's it take you to do a, a custom a week usually between sanding and then the ba- getting the base coat off and obviously real 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 life getting in the way? <laughs> yeah, uh, on average it depends, man. It, some some come together really quick. I say maybe the fastest. Is, um, well, you always wait a day after you paint it because you don't want to be sealing the paint while it's still, you know, you want to let the paint cure if you want it to, to really last. If you want to do a rush job, you could probably do the whole process in maybe three hours, but you really want to let the paint cure. So I usually will paint a coat, let it cure, give it the second coat, let it cure. If I were to add up the extract time, I say between three to four hours each figure. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty crazy. I mean, you know that especially because when you're painting you were saying that the painting takes you know you have to let the paint cure you, that i'm sure there's been mishaps with that where the paint is a little tacky when you try to seal it right oh yeah yeah and uh, it's, it depends like sometimes i'll use um enamel paint while enamel looks really good it's really unforgiving to work with because it dries kind of quick and and it's it it, it creates a nice little coating but it's uh it's a little more uh, difficult to work with and it's the mo- enamels more tends more to be uh, that give off that tacky feeling than than acrylics all right that, that there you go i learned learn a little something new there now yeah it, well you know with with the street fighter line that was recently announced by song by funko i'm sure you have now some 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 great ideas in your head to work with what's What's on the radar for you? What do you? What's your next custom that you wanna you wanna try and create? Oh man, well that that Blanca is screaming to be turned into a Hulk, and um, aside from the obvious repaint from you know optional characters, you know repaint the suits and whatnot. Yep. One that I'm looking forward to. I, I've I've always wanted to put together a Flash Gordon, but I haven't found the right parts. I think with the new uh, the Primal Age, the second wave, that Flash figure and that Superman head, I. Think that might work for it, so that's that's one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Flash Gordon, because oh, I already I, have done the Phantom, so I, I need a Flash Gordon. Oh yeah, I'd love I, definitely a uh, Flash Gordon would be dope, man. If you could pull off a Ming the Merciless too, that would be pretty badass. Oh yeah, <laughs> I have a friend from uh, <clears throat> who, where is he from? I think he's from Iceland or something. He he sculpted, he took the Zorn head and he sculpted it to work as a as the Phantom head. But it, really? since it has that P on the on the forehead, I think it'll work as Ming. But uh, 
have to look into it. I haven't, I haven't uh, messed around with the sculpt he sent me yet. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, those, yeah, all... in the community, you get to meet lots of sculptors and whatnot and you help each other out. Well, that's, a, that's where I was going to next. You know, you were talking about it before we started recording about Zolocon, you know, and how you went to that event. You know, for, for those not familiar, just give us a little background on the event and what you were seeking out when you went to that particular event, besides obviously meeting with other creators and getting other figures. Well, well, for me, one, it's, it's a flight. So I live in Puerto Rico, so I had to get on a plane to get there. Awesome. And, uh, I, yeah, I met Mike a few years ago at New York Comic Con. I usually just frequent New York Comic Con and, um, he, he hosts this event in, uh, in, uh, Warminster PA. And really I didn't have ideas to, to purchase anything in particular. My main goal was really to meet up with the creators he had there and, um, <clears throat> and obviously pick up some figures from his line. Cause he always has some amazing exclusives from that realm of the underworld line he has. Uh, so I got the exclusives, but mostly the best part for me was just meeting the people there. Cause it's a, it's a more intimate uh, venue and, uh, Super nice, super great to go to because, you know, you go to these big cons like New York or San Diego and it's, it's almost work to, to be there, you know, yep, making 100%. all these lines and <laughs> yeah, and it tires you out. These smaller venues like, uh, Zolo Con and I'm also looking forward to Power Con. I don't know if you're familiar with that event. I've, uh, I've heard of it. It's, it's, uh, for just, uh, Masters of the Universe. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the best thing I, I took away from Zolocon was definitely meeting the, the creators of Walter Harris from, uh, Hammer of the Gods, Chance Priest with Victory Comics, uh, Frank Russo does Musculoids, uh, awesome top-notch guys. And, you know, you, you sit there, you talk shop, you, you know, you geek out over each other's work and it's, it's a, it's a great, 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 uh, great convention. I definitely recommend it for anybody there. And also the vintage finds are, are amazing you know if you have the right budget and, and the time to to look through bins and whatnot it you there's some amazing finds to be had there have you um have have you also leveraged now especially you know now that your work is on social media have you leveraged like some of the online communities also like you know facebook stuff like that to build to find other people that are in the customization or is it something that's more niche that has grown because of you know attending events like zolocon and and events like that no, I mean, uh, there's been independent creators for, for, you know, for a good while now. There's, um, some, there's a really good, uh, Facebook page. It's a 5.5 and it's basically just dedicated to people who, you know, who customize and collect, uh, figures in this, uh, form factor. Okay. Um, but yeah, there, there have been customizers and, you know, you know, you're familiar with, uh, Joe Amato and, uh, Master English. Master, Master English, English actually did that, uh, uh, Eldor years ago. You know, now Super Seven's catching up to, to his work. Yeah, Super Seven. They uh, actually found the Eldor. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they're definitely expanding with, with that stuff. I saw that they did a hero. I was just like, wow, I felt like this was done by somebody not that long ago. So it's cool to see that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And they, they're seeing the value. I mean, they're these, the vintage line for them is selling out and it seems like it's, simpler and more uh profit margin than with the classics line because they're selling them for 20 and you know <clears throat> it's it's a pretty good margin in there what'd you think of the uh the maddie collector series that they used to do that used to be out from uh, mattel ah i have a few of those i'm not a not big into that that uh <clears throat> scale but okay. i do have a few of those i i didn't I'm not too much of a fan of the subscription style service where if you're not subscribed, you miss out on a few parts, especially if you're a completist. I'm not a completist, but you know, if there are figures that you really want, then, you know, having to be tied down to a subscription service is, eh, I don't know. It's not for me. Yeah. It was, but tough. They, they did some work. They did some incredible work there. Yeah. I couldn't do that, that for that exact reason. Like there were some subscription figures that they were putting out. I'm like, listen, I just want the one, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's kind of how I am, especially with, with the properties that, like that, you know, being an eighties baby myself, you know, I just want to try and support that stuff. So, you know, it, it's like when somebody does a really cool Thundercats piece, like I actually bought the, uh, the Thundercats, the, the large Lionel that Mezco did because, oh, yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, and I, and I got lucky with that, you know, the Mez, I found the, I got a really good deal on, um, on the Lionel and the Mumra from that line. But that's what I mean. Like very few people are approaching those properties the same way. Like, Obviously, with Voltron, 
coming back on Netflix and, you know, kind of put Voltron back on everybody's radar. And it was cool because they actually re-released the 84 Voltron at, alongside the uh, the Netflix one. So, you know, it actually gave me a chance to buy the 84 one, which I had as a kid, you know? Oh, yeah, that one that one's awesome. I saw it. Yeah, I, I remember that one. Where do you... <clears throat> you know, where do you see the, you know, licenses like, like He-Man and stuff going? I mean, now there, there's rumors of a new Masters of the Universe film on the horizon. Do you think that there's still a, a market for that with the current generation of kids? And I ask this because, you know, He-Man back then, man, it was, that, that, that was 100% boy, boy toy. You know what I mean? Like you play, like that mm-hmm. was a figure, like you knew, like this is a, 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 a you know, a boy's action figure line and it's gonna sell out because it has weapons everybody's jacked and ripped and you got all these weird characters <laughs> do you feel that that going back to that simplicity especially now you know with just the climate of how things are nowadays is gonna be successful and i'm asking you well, just as a fan you know well i mean the movie if it's a good movie might do something for the line i don't know if it'll do much for the scale of figure, you know, for the style of figure. Cause I have a pretty good barometer with my son. He's 10. Okay. So I can see by his likes and dislikes, you know, what works. And this, um, like you say, it's a simple form factor and kids these days, they have so many figures with, you know, such high articulation and they have, uh, you know, electronic devices and whatnot. A simple figure really might not catch their attention. At later ages, I think this style of figure might catch the attention of a child maybe between four and eight. Okay. I think is pretty much the where the core audience would be for this style of figure when you're a child outside of obviously the adult collectors. And once they pass eight, I think there that's just going to be more difficult to get a kid involved in, in this style of figure. But at, you know, between four and eight, the kids like to, you know, bash toys around and whatnot. And they're not really looking to pose them in, in you know, all sorts of crazy poses. They just want to, you know, play with their toys and bash them around. Yep, uh, throw them in the And I think that's what Funko was going for with the with the Primal Age line, the DC Primal Age line. Well, you know, now that you know, now that you mentioned you you have a child. How does how does he? You know, I'm sure you've shared like you know older He Man cartoons stuff like that with him. How does he view that? That like that era when you when you share when you share that with him. You know, it breaks my heart because I think he, he just. <laughs> does it to be polite but he, he i don't think he could care about it you know, he really that's about it yeah he's not really uh especially the cartoon i mean come on nowadays you know with all this uh you know the advancements in uh animation you know the, and the flow of the story just not going to catch a kid's attention nowadays you know it's great for us and again maybe if i i didn't uh catch him sooner maybe i had to present it to him when he was a little younger because i think i showed it to him when he was already about eight Oh man. Okay. Cause I, I, like I said, I wasn't really collecting 5.5 till, till I went to the 2017 New York Comic Con and, and met Mike and I got introduced into the whole Zola World, uh, figure line and that, you know, caught on from there. But, um, that's when I started, uh, going back to He-Man and I started showing some, but I think it was too late for him. <laughs> he was <laughs> yeah. already onto the other things. Yeah. You know, when they did that newer He-Man cartoon, and four horsemen started doing the figures. I said to myself, all right, we're turning a corner because this He-Man cartoon is pretty cool. The designs are crazy looking. Um, I was, I was just bummed because obviously the four horsemen figures were, were expensive. So obviously little younger kids couldn't get into it, man. But that cartoon had so much promise. The cartoon was, I like the cartoon more than the figure line. The figure line didn't really work for me. I didn't. I don't like it too much, but, but the cartoon was good. Yeah. Was good. And uh, four, four horsemen sculpts were good. It's just, uh, I don't know, the final product. I think the statues were much better, but the figures itself that, I don't know, they just didn't work for me. I think the only figure that, that stands out from that line that was awesome was the, uh, the Skeletor that was Keldor with the burned oh, yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that was, that was top of the line at the time. I said to myself, I'm like, wow, they've never shown like, Skeletor's origin and who he was. Like, I really enjoyed that they did that, you know? Yeah, that was, that was a nice nod. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What do you think of the, yeah. uh, Netflix's new Shira cartoon? Do you think that that new style is, you know, what are your thoughts on the style for that? And, and how's that going to translate to, to merchandise? You know, I tried to see it and, uh, didn't, uh, I don't know, didn't, didn't do anything for me. The, I didn't really like it too much. I don't know. 
I don't know if uh, kids will like it, honestly. Um, you know, kids today are much smarter, you know. They have so many more options that I, I don't think it's I, – I see what they were going for, but I don't think it, it worked out in the execution. Yeah, I mean, my, my wife, she, you know, she was a big Shearer fan growing up, and she was like, eh, I don't know about this. And it's funny, you know, I just I just had my, my daughter, and we, we tried, you know, because it's like, you know, we go through different cartoons to keep her attention, and, you know, we put it on, and, like, the colors kind of work, but it just, she was just like, meh, you know? I mean, she's also a baby, but, like, like my little pony keeps her attention, like, for half an hour straight, you know? So it's, like, clearly something, there's a connection there, but it just wasn't the same. I felt that the they tried, the animation style was such a far departure from what kids were used to. I mean, well, that was a problem, too. I, st- I started looking at it through, you know, 80s baby glasses, and I'm like, eh, you know, maybe because it looks like Steven Universe or some of these other cartoons, it's going to get people's attention, but... It kind of just came and went, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, it's the same with the movie. It depends, you know, how how the the Masters movie um, is made. I hope they, they're more inclined to, you know, more like uh, Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars. That's that's the scale you need. That's the scale you yeah. need. I think I think in this day and age, you know, I, and it's strange because I felt with G, when, when G.I. Joe came out, that first G.I. Joe movie was terrible you know but then that second movie kind of turned the corner and i'm like wow cobra commander looks like cobra commander firefly looks like firefly like they definitely started really paying closer attention to that but i think at that stage i'm like i think it's a little too late now you know yeah i think that if they revisit it they just have to just do it over yeah and 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 there was there was a lot of potential there man Like, like the storm shadow design the snake eyes design were so well done you know, shiny face Cobra Commander, but then it was it was too late. Like the like the ship had already sailed and and people's interest was gone. You know, exactly. Um, exactly. And yeah. No, you go ahead. You were gonna say something. No, no it's just yeah. They're, they're you know you see Hollywood revisiting all these uh, '80s properties, and you know they they have to get uh, writers who, who understand how to translate it. Like I, I'm looking at uh, I was just looking at uh, the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Yep. And I remember reading the comic and I'm like, man, they got it so right. They translated this so right. And it's not verbatim uh, on the comic. It does have its differences, but, you know, the essence of what made the, the story and characters great, which is what, you know, you have to do when you when you revisit these properties like G.I. Joe and Transformers and He-Man. What's a uh, <clears throat> what's a. Uh... And it's funny because I was going to save this for for the hot seat, but I figured this would be a great way to transition. What's a what's a property you'd like to see from from the '80s era redone, and do you and that you think would be successful? I think uh, I think GI Joe would work. Okay, try different scales because um, we've seen the three and three quarter, we've seen the twelve inch. I think they could try different scales, maybe four and a half, even the five point five style would work with them. Um, you know, not big but uh, um make a short run with those i think gi joe because it's such a rich uh history it's got so many characters i mean you can make characters for years and, and not deplete it they have like close to 300 or over 300 characters i'd like to see gi joe um there's a few ones that i will see but it's more for myself i don't think they'd be particularly successful or not I mean, you know maybe silver hawks and uh okay uh thundar the old hanna barbera superheroes i like a lot but you know i don't i don't know if they'll they'll work nowadays it's just you know me being selfish uh being thinking marketing wise i think gi joe has the best shot uh making a good resurgence if done right you know it's funny you mentioned thundar because i always felt like out of out of a lot of those properties especially now like space ghost would do really well if you did it kind of you know, comedy, like a little tongue in cheek, but still, like, still badass, but like have a little fun with it. Kind of like how they're trying to do with Shazam, like DC's trying to do. Yeah. I definitely think yeah, that. Yeah, definitely work. I mean, the Space Coast, Coast to Coast was hilarious. That, uh, oh man, it was great. Show. Yeah. It was ahead of its time. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely ahead of its time. But, uh, you know, it worked. It worked great. There was a rumor um, that they wanted to do Mask. And tie mask into GI Joe, and I said they just want to do mask so that they could get all the all the money from the car companies like they did with Transformers. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's probably something that goes into those type of uh, decisions. But uh, I, I'm, I wasn't too familiar with mask, but uh, 
you know, it, it, if it's a property of work with it, be GI Joe, I guess. Yeah, I think originally the intent was that Mask was supposed to be part of GI Joe, and then they kind of just split it off into its own thing, you know, back then. But I think now they were looking at it to kind of reintegrate it back in and then use that as part of G.I. Joe, allegedly. I mean, you know, that there's been a lot of uh, back and forth with that, and it's been kind of quiet lately. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and I don't know why Hasbro hasn't uh, gone back. I mean, the, uh, G.I. Joe and Legend scale would be pretty good. I think it'd sell pretty good. And it, Hell yeah. it's a good way to introduce it to new kids and, you know, to us adult collectors. I mean... A legend style series of GI Joe would be killer for them. That's a, that's an amazing idea, man. I'd kill for like a legend sized Cobra commander with the different head sculpts, you know, with the, with the cloth head, the, the metal mask and the, and the shiny face. Oh man, that would be amazing. I think you hit, you hit an idea, man. That's all. That would be great. Yeah. Definitely. You know, you started out with the legend skill. That's, that's the one that's, uh, selling. Yeah. And kids will get it. I mean, who, what kid doesn't like ninjas still, you know, and. And the, the military still in uh, in high regards nowadays, you know, kids, kids like it. No, I think that's a great idea. And I think, I think with that, we can, uh, segue into, into the hot seat, you know, rapid fire, uh, series of questions, real, real off the cuff. Um, you know, obviously this being toys and tech of the trade, we're, we're going to definitely ask you some, some tech stuff and some, some toy stuff, but we'll start with the, uh, the tech side of things. You mentioned when you are mocking up your figures, you do, you do like a, a virtual a virtual model. What do you use for that? Oh, just just my phone. You know, I just take a picture and I, uh, um and I'll paint. Uh, use the paint app to just paint on it. You know, it's nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing. What what phone what phone are you using nowadays? I got a Galaxy S nine plus. Oh, nice. I used to have the note. The note used to be much better to work with with the pen, but I changed it to the S nine. Yeah, I was a I was a heavy note user, man. I I remember those days. That phone was was ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, when you turn on your phone, what are three mobile apps you can't live without? <laughs> uh, mobile apps I can't live without would, mm, would probably be Facebook, Instagram, and probably, uh, I don't know, uh, WhatsApp. Nice. All right. Um, once one website you frequent on a daily basis. Uh, probably Amazon Prime, just looking for deals for parts. That's nice. probably the, my, my main one that I hit at least once a day. Uh, what's your favorite piece of tech besides your phone or your computer? Favorite piece of tech that's not, I'm not very, uh, much a tech guy. I'm not phone or computer. Oh, you got me there. <laughs> I don't think I have any more tech. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, having, having kids, no, no, no video games in your house. Oh, well, uh, I guess the PS4, but mostly, uh, to entertain my, my boy. I kind of lost my speed in regards to games and really? Fortnite and whatnot. I'm, I don't, yeah, I'm not as good as I used to be anymore. Oh man, it's crazy. Games. It, it, it's crazy. It's funny you mentioned Fortnite because man, that's, that's all everybody was, was selling at, at Toy Fair when we were talking about it. You know, just Fortnite this, Fortnite that. Clearly, I, clearly it's a demographic thing, right? I guess your son is all over that, right? Oh yeah, that's his. Uh, yeah, he's he's a few hours a day on that. He's like it's like he's training for war or something. <laughs> nice. I'm sure you probably say to yourself, if you were dedicated to your chores or dedicated to your schoolwork, like you were to Fortnite. I'm sure you've <laughs> oh, no, said that at least once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like it, they think there's a career in that or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what it is. It, it's 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 funny you say that because now. With streaming, you know, so many people are making money off of streaming and turning streaming into a career. I, I mean, you know, it's it, it's difficult, but but who'd have thought, you know, from when we were growing up to now, that it's like, oh, I could get paid to play video games and people watch me play. Like, like where the hell was that when we were growing up? <laughs> I know he, he shows me all these people on YouTube and he tells me the absurd amounts of money that they're getting yep. paid, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, man, it's insane. Well, you know, it's yeah. funny. You mentioned that you had played, you used to play. What was the last game you played personally? The game that always, I've always gone back to, and it's a uh, different, uh, incarnations of Tekken, the uh, fighting yep. game. Hell yeah. Yeah. My favorite. I'm a, I'm a big Tekken fan, dude. I hear you. Yeah. So, uh, the, yeah. the people always have a lot of fun with this. What was the last thing that you purchased 
that's less than a hundred dollars that's made your life easier or more enjoyable? Less than mm. could be anything, man. I think uh, I, ju- I just bought um an Amazon Fire tablet just to read uh be able to carry my comic books and whatnot around, but uh that's pretty much it. I, it's just because I'm so so behind. It's not really <laughs> you know, I'm so behind on tech, but that's pretty much the last purchase. It was like uh forty five bucks after the Christmas yep. season and it's uh, I don't have to carry around comic books and whatnot and get them all mangled up, you know. Well I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because I was about to ask, you know, what uh what comics are you reading currently? You know, I, I don't collect uh consistently, but the last one was obviously the Injustice versus Masters uh comic. What'd you the, think uh, of it? Six part series. I'm, I haven't finished it. I'm up to the third one. I have all six, but I haven't sat down to to uh, to finish it. But so far, so good. I like it. I like it a lot. Did you uh, Did you ever get to check out the uh, the He Man and Thundercats? I have the trade paperback in my uh, <laughs> in my fire, and I haven't sat down to read it. But I, I do intend to. I I actually should have read that one before uh, going into this one because they say it's kind of a continuation. Yeah, it's pretty intense, man. They did. They definitely took it in a direction where I said to myself. This would be cool to see it played out like in a like in a cartoon or like an like an animated series because it was just so so crazy the stuff they did. Yeah, I, I definitely hope I yeah. definitely hope you enjoy it. You know. Yeah, animated series are are you know that's another thing that's kind of changed so much that I mean that's where you used to get the kids' attentions, but now it's there's no Saturday morning cartoons. There's nope. no you know it's it's changed our habits of of consumption of TV. It's like now. We watch TV on our time. We don't have to, you know, conform to anybody's schedule, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's funny. You know, I have a DVR and I have all these shows DVR all, you know, all the, you know, Flash and Arrow and Black Lightning and Gotham and all this stuff. And it's just like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. Some Once in a while, I'll, I'll watch it the same night because I don't want something spoiled, you know, because obviously, yeah. obviously, you know, it's going to happen like The Walking Dead. It'll be like, all right, we got to watch this today because somebody's going to spoil yeah. it on on Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, obvi- yeah. obviously, you know, growing up, it, it, what were, what were some of your favorite toys growing up? Uh, I had a few, uh, the, um, obviously the master's line was, yep. uh, was pretty big for me. And, um, I liked the Kenner lines, the four inch, uh, Batman's. Yep. Uh, that was pretty much when I was, growing out of toys but but that line really captured my attention i remember the secret wars line that they did for uh marvel and uh dc superpowers was pretty big for me you know pretty much anything with uh superheroes or comic book characters uh was pretty big with me but there wasn't that many options like there are today pretty much that was it it was uh if you wanted some marvel characters it was the secret wars line and if you wanted some dc it was a superpowers line Uh, obviously as a as a person who does custom figures and and who's heavily into into buying you know different different pieces of material outside of those figures what's a one of your favorite collectibles that you own you mean uh modern or vintage or no it doesn't it doesn't matter like like one of your favorites you could you could name one you could name more than one if you prefer but you know it's it's probably not something that that that's interesting to to many folks but one figure that actually kind of put me back into collecting was a the Ben 10 series, I didn't know anything about the cartoon and, and I just walked by the, the toy shelf and I saw it and it, it grabbed my attention. The Wrath figure. Okay. It's like a muscled up Tony the Tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that one. Yeah. Like I, yeah. He talks like in a Hulk Hogan cadence and uh, <laughs> he just likes to fight. And, and I found, I found it interesting. And I, that, that line really caught my attention and I, I got a pretty good. I used to have a pretty good collection of it till my son started watching the series, and uh, that was the end of I that. I lost about, <laughs> 50, yeah, I lost a good sixty percent of that collection. <laughs> you lost, you 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 lost your figures in the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Nowadays, uh, the a line that's caught my attention is that I don't know if you've seen it, is the Disney um the Disney the, toy box series where yeah. they're doing all these properties and in, in this like animated style or the infinity uh, style. Yep. Yeah. I'm not a completist, but I'm picking up the ones that, that catch my attention. The Boba Fett, uh, most of the Marvel ones. And yeah, my wife got Star her gods on the toys, the, the, the Incredibles line from that. They're, they're yeah. really well done. You're right. Beautiful figures. Yeah. And they're reasonably priced too. You know, they're not too, it won't break the bank. I think it's 12 bucks more or less. 
Now, obviously, your 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 eyes are set on doing the uh, five point five uh, customs. Are you gonna branch out at any time? Do you see yourself doing like Marvel Legends customs, things like that? Are you are you comfortable doing the five point five? No, for now, I don't see I don't see uh, trying any other lines. I the five point five style just lends itself to customization to me more than others because figures with high articulation, it's harder to get that different paint on. It's not factory paint because of, uh, you know, when you move the parts, you will run into some, um, you know, will chip or you'll, you know, you'll scrape off some paint. And this style, it's, they're like plastic statues because they have, you know, at the top best, they have six points of articulation. That's all you have to worry about. So, and for me, that is just a body style. It's, it's what I like seeing. And it's, uh, for now, I don't see, uh, trying any other, uh, scale. Um, Last question, and people always people always have a, a little fun with this. If you could have dinner with someone dead or alive, who would it be? What would you eat, and what would you talk about? Hmm, wow, that's a good one. Oh, I haven't <laughs> thought of that one. <laughs> dead or alive? Um, you know, I'd like I would have liked uh, to sit down with Bruce Lee. The guy's um, I'm a martial arts fan, and uh, he, he had some great ideas on. Not just combat, but also on life. Guy was a big philosophy uh, guy, and uh, to eat pizza, pizza's my nice, my favorite food. And to talk about just get his general ideas on on hand to hand combat. I think uh, he was taken a bit soon, and he probably had some some things that he, he wasn't able to share. Uh, you know, it's it, it, with you saying that um, favorite Bruce Lee movie. Oh, Into the Dragon. Has All right, that is, there, there you go. You know, some people like to say, uh, game of death. So, um, you know, I'm, nah, I mean, game of death is structured kind of like video game where you're going up, uh, boss <laughs> levels. You know, there's a cool factor to that, but you know, he wasn't in the whole movie and, uh, enter the dragon just, uh, you can't beat that. No, absolutely. hundred percent. All right. Um, last, last piece before we wrap things up, we like to do one, uh, reach one, teach one, you know, just to give listeners and, and people looking to, to start a, a business or a hobby similar to our guests. Um, you know, a piece of actionable advice. What would you, what would you recommend somebody that that's looking to get into, you know, action figure customization, whether it's 5.5 or in general, what's some, some words of advice you'd give them? Uh, if you're thinking about it, you know, just with, get cheap figures, get a good lot of cheap figures for when, cause when you're starting out, you are going to mess up. You are going to create some, some bad figures. You're not, you know, you're not going to be painting uh, straight lines just, you know, from the get go. Um, get a good lot of cheap figures and just, just put the paint, uh, to the figures, you know, just try it out. And it, it might, you know, if you see you're progressing, then keep going. If, uh, you see you're getting worse, maybe customization ain't for you. Um, maybe it's better to, to collect them or do it for fun. It, it you know, it's all the, depends what you want to do. If it's for, for a hobby, um, just do it. You know, it's, it's a great hobby to get into. If you're looking at for more of as a, an additional income, then you should look, definitely look up some YouTube videos. There's a lot of great videos on how to work with scope. Um, what materials, epoxy, um, how to work with acrylic paints, how to seal uh, acrylic paints. Good. You really want to become knowledgeable before you just start, uh, throwing figures together, you know, <clears throat> now, but, um, do you recommend people start with, uh, brushes, you know, uh, you know, fine brushes to work on their lines? Definitely not jumping into airbrushing, right? Oh, no. I mean, I haven't, I haven't even, I, I use spray cans. I haven't done airbrushing yet. I use spray paint and, uh, but brushes to begin with. You have to really get into how to do the details before you go into, um, something bigger because airbrushing works more when you're doing, more like five or six figures at a time than just doing one at a time. If you're just doing one, airbrushing is, you know, you don't won't really need to do it if you're hand painting just one figure. Nice. I I think that's a that's a some great piece of advice for people that are looking to 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 get into this. I think um you know seeing seeing the amazing work that you're doing um which if you don't know I mentioned it earlier in the interview you can follow Carlos on Instagram. It's uh, Charlie. 5.5 well charlie underscore excuse me 5.5 and you could see some of his great work that's on there and you can definitely get some inspiration and um this is if people want to reach you they can reach out to you through this this account on ig right oh yeah yeah i've i've gotten a lot of uh 
I made actually a lot of uh, friends and uh, a lot of inquiries through the Instagram page. Yeah, I, I pretty much set it up for for my hobby. There's really not not much of my personal stuff there. It's just it's my hobby page, you know. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, um, Carlos, you know, I, we really want to thank you for sharing the toys and tech of your trade. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Flattered. All right. That wraps our interview with Carlos, a.k.a. Charlie 5.5. We're going to make sure to link to his Instagram account in the show notes for this episode, as well as some of the other stuff that we discussed. Full disclosure, as always, sometimes the items we talk about, we do use affiliate links. For those of you that don't know what that is, affiliate links are links to uh, the products that we talk about, where if you click on that link and make a purchase or even visit that site in general, we may receive a small piece of monetary compensation. It doesn't affect your purchase, doesn't affect what you're looking at, doesn't affect the site that you're visiting, but that little bit of compensation goes towards obviously allowing us to purchase better equipment, make improvements, and just continue to give you guys the best experience possible, whether it's on air, on the site, or on video. So by all means, please feel free to use those links for any of your purchases. We would greatly greatly appreciate it um last but not least as always episodes of this show are released bi-weekly every tuesday on itunes TuneIn radio stitcher and spotify there is going to be a slight change to the schedule for the month of march just because we have so many guests and some of them their interviews are time sensitive so there will be back to back to back episodes uh in the coming weeks uh with the pretty much through through march and um, April will probably go back to our regular schedule of every other Tuesday. But um, at the end of the month, we'll be sharing our interview with Peter Melnick from The Marvelists. Man, what a what a fun interview that was. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you're into comic books, podcasting, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that, uh, that interview was a blast, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, please feel free to reach out via email rich at rageworks.net or via the contact us form on the site. If you're interested in advertising on this show or any of the other shows on the Rageworks podcast network, you can email me rich at rageworks.net or fill out the advertiser form on the site and we will get back to you. Last but not least, as always, if you want to keep up with Rageworks, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all the usual social media outlets. Uh, our primary method of engagement, though, as of late, has been Facebook via the Facebook fan page as well as our RageWorks Facebook group. So if you're interested in talking to me and some of the other hosts on the network about toys, tech, video games, wrestling, sports, by all means, feel free to join the community. Uh, we'll gladly open you. We'll, we'll gladly welcome you with open arms. And um, Instagram definitely has been something we've been going uh, very aggressive with in the last coming weeks, especially with Toy Fair and everything else. So if you're on Instagram, give us a follow at RageWorks, and you can find me also at RageWorks Rich. All right, guys, thank you for checking out the latest episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>